Today's podcast is sponsored by Team Builder. You can get a free trial of their training portal software by heading to teambuilder.com and you can use the code JUSTFLY for a 30-day free trial. Sign up today with Team Builder and see what they can do for you for your training programs and your team. If you're in the world of sports performance, you've probably heard of jump testing mats. These mats use hang time to measure total jump height or contact time to measure quickness abilities off of the ground. The best jump mat that I've come across also happens to be a sponsor of this show, which is the Plyomat. The Plyomat is not only accurate, easy to use, and affordable, but it also allows you to string multiple mats together to add an extra dynamic to plyometric testing and training. To check out the Plyomat, you can head to plyomat.net. That's P-L-Y-O-M-A-T.net. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, and thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to welcome to the show Roman. Torleone. He is a researcher, a physiotherapist, and an educator who has an emphasis of work on the foot and ankle complex, and he studies it for both rehab conditions and athletic performance. Roman's currently finishing up a PhD on the foot muscles and their role in sports performance, and that PhD is supervised by none other than sprint researcher J.B. Marin, who has been a multi-time guest on this podcast. Roman works as a clinician at Latour Hospital as part of the Swiss Olympic Medical Center. For the show today, he'll be getting into aspects of the forefoot, or think about the balls of the feet, the toes, the front metatarsals, and then the midfoot, so think the middle arches, that bridge section of the foot, and what each of those components of the foot do in terms of athletic movement, and then how we can train them. He'll also get into a lot of great information on the toes and different manipulations of the foot in basic training situations to help not only athletes be more robust to injury, but also to link to specific components of absorbing force or propulsion. So it was really great talking to Roman on the episode or for the show today. One last thing, quick definition, raise, and there's probably a few other words or definitions I may have missed, but Roman mentions raise, which is just uh, like first ray is the first toe or big toe, fifth ray is the fifth toe or pinky toe, so on and so forth. This was a fantastic conversation, and there are a lot of nuggets within this talk. So let's get on to episode 395 here with Roman Turleon. Roman, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here. Uh, it's been a while since I did an episode on the foot. And the first question I have for you is, what got you interested in training the foot, the lower leg, um, that component of the body, uh, as it pertains to rehab and performance? Yeah, first of all, thank Joel for the invitation. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure too. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, it's a short question, but it could be a, a long answer. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, three arguments. Number one is that my, my mentor, when I did my master thesis, was uh, really a, a foot ankle lover, a foot ankle expert. So, uh, I really worked closely with him. And um, yeah, I would say I, I found love in, in, in this complex because also uh, it will be my number two uh, because when you look at epidemiologically, sorry, mm. uh, you have a econi- economical burden of potential injury. And if we just, uh, I would say, speak about lateral ankle sprain and chronic ankle instability, um, you are really you know, a community burden, um, maybe some long-term improvements. 
But what is funny with that is that people don't care about uh, rolling rolling their foot and an ankle or, or sprain their, their ankle. So I was, uh, yeah, at that time also very um, surprised about that. And also when I l- look at the research in comparison to other joints, uh, you have your massive research on, on the shoulder and the knee. Not very much on the foot and ankle, and not very much on the performance part. But if you look at just on the rehab uh, side, and so I start also to 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 work and spoke with foot ankle expert and research, and, and try to, I would say, um, know what could be missed. And one of the big, big missing part was maybe in the, in the performance side. And on the performance side, uh, we knew, I would say we knew, but um, that the foot and ankle could, is important in the low limb function. We know that the calf, and we will discuss it later, uh, it's pretty uh, uh, very important. But, but really, the fo- fo- foot muscle is ex- extrinsic and intrinsic. Uh, could be a, a, an issue, so um, I start to, to to do some some research to I would say put my 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 uh, yeah my my role on that and and yeah that, that that's it and but yeah we we are the first uh, to investigate the, this kind of of research uh, but yeah. It, it, it's cool. It, it's just the beginning of, of the foot, I, w- I would say, of what we we know and what we will know about, about uh, foot uh, muscle and, and strength and, and and performance and, and so on. Yeah, you mentioned the lack of research there. And I, I was just thinking to myself, I know when I was doing uh, a lot of biomechanics work, I was in the biomechanics lab a lot when I was in graduate school. And the person who ran the lab uh, Tom Kurnozik was his name. He did a lot of ACL knee research, like ACL tears and things. And there is so much out there, I'm sure, for ACL prevention. And, and rightly so. It's a big deal. Like you said, economic impact. The economic in- impact of people tearing their ACL and their knee is, is substantial. But there's certainly a massive amount of foot and lower leg and ankle th- um, elements as well. I would, I would think there's probably almost like who knows, like five or 10 studies for a knee injury for every one on the foot or ankle. I, mean, I don't know the ratio, but I'm sure it's probably close to that. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And, uh, but I'm, I'm really like, you know, um, investigating the lower limb as an holistic approach and, and seeing the composition between, you know, having footing call impairments uh, that could lead to, I will say, an increase um, or an increased loading in the hip or in the knee joint, or uh, when you are footing curly impairments that that leading to not able to totally uh, perform uh, force production with, within your hip or your extensor and, and so on. But it's not always a bottoms-up approach. It could be also the reverse, you know, mm-hmm. a top-down approach and the, the hip impairments of the trunk that yeah. uh, could allow to, the, the foot to don't have, um, I would say, good function on, on the ground. So that's why when you say ACL, yeah, you can also speak about a foot in the ACL, like the trunk in the ACL. It's 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 like uh, I would say as 
a practitioner, sport physio, I'm now working only with the limb injury. So I, I really, um, I will say, create this kind of holistic approach uh, in terms of uh, uh, hip, knee, ankle, and foot now. So the foot is what maybe I, I had mm. in some, um, I will say, discussion on some assessment and some rehab. Uh, plan and, and protocol, but it's it's not saying that the hip is better than the foot. The foot is better than the hip. Yeah. It's not that. It's that uh, everything is here. Everything could be important. That's dependent on and, and some parameters. So, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's one thing. I think it was about probably six oof. years ago. I I was started to really get into more of the foot. I mean, I guess I've always have been, but especially with some of the podcast episodes very early ago on this podcast. And it was almost like a mind blown moment hearing about a little over five years ago, um, hearing about top down influences where, yeah, like you just said, where it's like the thorax, the rib cage, the pelvis, the forces coming down from the top are going to have an impact on the feet as well. And realize that there's nothing that's truly in isolation. Although I think there's isolation exercises can certainly help. Um, but it is interesting to also look at that as a uh, connected piece there. Um, say that, yeah, the, the lower limb has to absorb and propose force. And so, you know, it's, it's as you say, it's not just uh, the foot that does that, not just the hip. And so that's why we have um, this, you have to have this holistic approach and this uh, link between, between both uh, and every joint here. Yeah, with, um, with the feet, I, before we got too far into some of the other questions, I did want to ask you just because this is interesting to me, just philosophically, and I believe you've written about this, is the difference between the feet and the hands. And... I know I, I've worked with coaches um, here in the United States, the Marinovich training system. One of their big proponents was, well, training barefoot, but training things of the feet and the hands from a sensory perspective. So they would do a lot of their jumps and their machine work barefoot and balance work barefoot. And they also did a lot of like hand work barefoot, like flicking the hands, flicking the wrists. And it's, I, I think that's great, but it's also interesting to think about the fundamental differences between the feet meant to support the body and the hands having a little bit more of that grasping type function. And anyways, I wanted to get your take on that because I think um, it can be more insight to the foot by understanding the job of each and how to train them accordingly. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I like to ask the question when I look at the, um, or maybe all the exercise that we can give to, to the foot when you look at the the research on, on, on social media and, and so on and say yeah do we want and it's instead of fit just because as you say that the the, the function of the foot uh it's uh to support body weight during stance phase and propulse the, the, the body so the force within the foot is pretty huge and the foot has evolved uh from billion years ago from that uh, and uh, because of this bipedal locomotion we have really i will say a great changement of foot muscle on their uh, neurophysiological uh, physiological parameters 
And what we know from the foot muscle is that they don't have the neurophysiological parameters to have fine precision control, low grade or force output, like we, you can have with your, your finger. Mm. And uh, when I, I'm in, in Congress or in private courses, I, I have two videos, you know, a sprinter uh, with very slow motion of the foot uh, interact with the ground. And on the other end, I have just me playing piano in a mm. gar in Paris and say, Neurophysiologically, the, my um, hands muscle are, uh, have um, a low volume or low sectional area in comparison to um, the number of motor units. And it, at reverse, my foot muscle, I don't have many motor units in comparison to, to the volume that they have. They have also small fiber links in comparison to the co sectional area. So they are much more. I will say they have a much more role in force production or sustained prolonged uh, force uh, in comparison to have coordination. That, that's why when I um, look at, um, you know, tooth coordination, to spread up and so on, try, try to uh, elevate your alux and so on. For me, that's far, far away from what the, the, the foot uh, uh, can, can do in, I would say, in, in real life. And it's maybe not biomechanically and neurophysiologically linked to, to the foot function. That's why um, I say that you really have to work properly on what the foot does. What the foot does is, uh, you know, uh, have dorsiflexion and, uh, and flexion on the MTP joint pronation and supination, uh, also on the on my foot and on, on, on the rear foot. And after you have also the, the plantar flexion and so on, but that's this kind of uh, action within the foot. Uh, it's not, you know, alux extension and, and to spread of alux abduction. You don't have this uh, when, when you're sprinting, cutting and, and, uh, and uh, or, or jumping. Yeah. So that's why I think we have to have this distinction between feet and hands, but yeah, for sure, barefoot uh, and improving the sensory, uh, uh, I will say, output and work on that in in the foot. It's 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 pretty important that if we have one that we know that is uh, their major role for the intrinsic foot muscle, it's it's not maybe the biomechanics and the energy thing within the foot, but it's pretty that they are really the greatest role of, of a proprioceptive mm. input yeah. within the foot. And, and we know that, and we will discuss this later, but yeah, maybe one of the greatest role of the intrinsic within the foot, it's just that. So we know that barefoot plantar massage, um, electrical stimulation, like I did on my master thesis, I a way to improve this uh, function and we know that after the 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 the, the output may could could be could be better but yeah um, i think that uh, it's just the distinction and a, a statement about what does the intrinsic foot muscle and what they, they don't yeah so you're saying like the intrinsic foot a huge part of that is the it maybe this is my perception of it is 
I find for proprioception or like balance based exercises, it's a good sign when people are feeling that in the intrinsic foot muscle. I find people who do balance exercises and don't feel it in their foot, they feel it like their calf. Usually those are people with issues. They um, they're like there's a link, a strong link there. Yeah, um, I like when you do postural balance tests. I one of the major thing in that you have to look look at the, how they interact with the ground. When I say what how they interact, it's looking at how they feel feel the ground and how they try to stabilize their foot on on the ground. And, and you see some people that don't have action with 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 with, with the toes don't have, uh, I will say, a force production within the foot during postural balance. And uh, there is some interesting research um, saying that uh, and, show, and, and demonstrated that uh, you have a, a neurophysiologic link between the forefoot and the rear foot. And when you are able to, I will say, uh, have the tools, keep the, the tools on the ground, keep your first ray on the ground, you reduce the uh, ability or you reduce the motion of the rear foot to doing inversion, you know, la, la, like an ankle sprain. And in reverse, when you have your two and fifths, I would say, uh, strong on the ground, you reduce also the motion of the rear foot, but much more in, 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 in pronation. So that, that's pretty interesting. And, and that's also a foundation also in postural balances. The, the the ability to counteract you know the instability by uh, keeping your 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 foot on the ground and keeping your toes on the ground at, at, uh, and, and by um by performing that reducing the motion on the rear foot at that's uh, an important part could be in static postural balance and in, in in dynamic you know to to have this, um, I will say, um, direct interaction when you touch the ground to, 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 to try to stabilize and, and grab, uh, and, and grab the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I didn't have that on the question list, but I, I do want to quickly ask you this, and then uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the foot strength and impulse power type things. Uh, actually, I have just a couple questions, follow-ups. Um, one, uh, and then the second one will have to do with the toe gripping, uh, and I'll get back to that, but. You mentioned that the feet don't have the sensory ability of the hands. And I think I watch athletes a lot. And I'm always intrigued. I've, I've talked about other coaches uh, like Adarian Barr and John Garish on this podcast. We've talked about like athletes who make different positions with their hands when they're doing different skills. Like when an athlete's going to jump, sometimes you'll see them make like a symbol with their hand. Like they might stick their pinky finger out more. They're, there's, it's almost as if the hand is trying to use its fine control to influence the shape of the foot that doesn't have like the quite the neurological level or something like that. And I find that I find that interesting. Um, but what I was going to say was I know like like toe yoga type things are popular. Like like hey, lift your big toe, keep your little toes down. Push your big toe down, lift your little toes up, and those types of things. Um, it, based off of like the ma- the function of the foot and the sensory nature and, and things like that, you could think even you could take that all the way to Harry Houdini, the escape artist who could pick locks with his toes. <laughs> I mean, you could say, well, how useful is that? Is that beyond the use of any athletic performance on the ground, right? Uh, but what's your take on the, the toe yoga type thing, like the different manipulation of the toes as it pertains to injury prevention, performance, and those types of pieces? 
Well, um, <clears throat> I think that for strengths to increase the strengths or to to have, um, I will say, uh, target this function, I think that's not the best exercise uh, because it's uh, yeah, as I said before, it's fine precision control coordination and. Um, when you give this kind of exercise and say that you want to strengthen the the tooth or the foot, that's not the the, the best thing. I think uh, number one is because there are many athletes that that, that that struggle with that, and and you can take many many sessions to try to learn to learn, mm-hmm. and they are, and they don't. Uh, I will say, able to perform this task because also. Uh, that uh, we know that there are some, I would say, bit, between that's depend on the on the on the study, but approximately seventy percent of um, participants in a study are not able to have uh, a total, I will say, uh, activation of the uh, abductor analysis, or it's the bigger in- intrinsic foot muscle during uh, um, a flexion of the of the tooth. So we know that there are also some inhibition in this muscle. So yoga for strength, uh, I think it's not the best way. But when I say before, for postural thing and that there are understand that they have to keep their their foot on, on the ground their forefoot their toes on the ground and and, and sometimes when you are uh, you know a rare foot uh inversion you have maybe some extension of the alux or a detachment of the first ray so you have mm-hmm. to have a flexion of the toes and the fifths to, con- to control that and so on so <clears throat> i will say to to yoga could be some movement that you can have in postural balance task so I, I would say that maybe for that but yeah in terms of strength gain and athletic performance and so on i don't think uh that's mm, a big deal or a, a great role and if we look at injury prevention we know that in some foot ankle injury uh, um, atrophy of the foot muscle uh, is a risk factor mm-hmm. And as I say to you, I don't think that you will create a lot of hypertrophy uh, within the intrinsic foot muscle or within the foot muscle in, in doing that because it's far, far from resistance training principle or hypertrophy principle. And um, we know that the foot has this, what I call the load fine-tuning. Yeah, The load fine-tuning within the foot is if we are in a sitting position or just in a standing position in, with your two feet, you don't have much more activation uh, within the foot. And we know that when you are in uh, one leg, that's better, that's really better. But when you increase after your body weight and you increase your speed within your body uh, for like jumping, amping and so on, you will have, I will say, um, greatest activation um, far from greatest activation so that's why I'll say that I said that we are far, far away because you know seeing this man doing his two yoga exercise in, in on his chair uh, just in sitting position and so on uh, that's not help 
him anymore. Yeah. If you have an athlete struggling with doing some to yoga and so on, if you increase his body weight, you will help him because of his light fine tuning. Believe me, uh, if you just put, I don't know, a, a bar squat on, 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 on his shoulder and try or be on one leg and try to do it, it will be, I would say, much more easier for him because of this increased unconscious activation of, of the foot or because of this fine tuning, load fine tuning. So are you saying that the like the load and the force like compared to like a toe yoga type thing we're just manipulating the toes you're saying that the the force production of the foot is far more important like just the more strength oriented foot on the ground upright standing uh, motions are where the the highest transfer gains are going to be relative to sitting and doing like different toe manipulations yeah because also the toe yoga or short foot um i would say it's a force production are short lengths also, um, within the, if we just um, uh, look at the extrinsic to flex or, or intrinsic foot muscle, it's really low force production. Are, are low, I would say, have short <coughs> lengths. So in terms of strength gain, yeah, that's not that's not better. And I would say the last uh, study that uh, saying that you have greatest activation while just doing erases on the intrinsic foot muscle in comparison to specific exercise like Alex extension to spread out a short foot and so on. This study of Willemse and um, yeah why uh, erase it could increase the intrinsic foot muscle activities also because you have an anteriorization, you know, of the center of pressure that mm -hmm. could increase the activity. Uh, you have a dorsiflexion of the toes when you oh, have yeah. a much more, you know, force length. You have a much more force on the force length relationship, much more at the optim at an optimal force production also. And for some people that have calf weaknesses, maybe, I don't know in, in the study, but maybe we know that, yeah. Uh, performing, um, uh, I would say, uh, post production or uh, uh, positive work within the foot during ill rises because uh, the calf is weaker. We, we see it. We see this story in uh, in ma many many people also. So you're saying that with uh, just the calf raise or the heel raise, the basic exercise everybody knows. So just doing like a single leg heel raise or calf raise gives you also good like intrinsic foot muscle activation and that's because like the toes are dorsiflexing relatively when you do that i was trying to reconfirm what you're saying there yeah that yeah yeah that's it and um, i would say it's funny because one one of the best if is the best uh, researcher regarding uh intrinsic foot muscle and foot biomechanics luke kelly uh, from Australia, Queensland, or uh, Queensland Griffith University now, but um, yeah, say that uh, he hates the short foot and mm. said that he, he, he really like the erase, uh, erase, for example, to, uh, I would say, train the intrinsic foot muscle. Mm. And um, that's why I like to manipulate the amount of dorsiflexion. Yeah, with the toes, right? Like the, with the toe, because yeah. when you increase the dorsiflexion, for example, during the ear raises, 
you increase the might foot moment and might foot uh, force production. So I will say you, it's much more difficult and it's funny to combine this for doing it raises on, on the floor and doing it raises with on an inkling plate or with the dorsi flexion. And you will see maybe some uh, people struggling when you have an inkling plate. That's mean that maybe their their forefoot and my foot um, are maybe um, a link or um, uh, 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 things to work on because uh, you, I would say, increase the the force that you have to produce uh, within the mid foot when you're doing this. So that's should be, I, I would say, uh, one one good exercise. Or when you want to do, uh, you know, cal 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 calf and cal calf and and foot uh, in propulsion exercise. That's cool for for the what I call the propulsing feet foot. That that's a cool exercise. Uh, for example. There's just something powerful and unique about a supplement that smells and tastes like something you would find out in the woods, yet can improve your strength, energy, and overall vitality. I've been using herbs from today's sponsor, Lost Empire Herbs, regularly for over five years now. Ever since I started using them, uh, the Phoenix formula is where I started at. I've noticed a strength boost. I've noticed a decreased reliance on caffeine. And it's been a consistent part of my supplementation cabinet ever since. To jumpstart the power of nature in your own supplementation, backed by a 365-day money-back guarantee, you can grab 15% off of my favorite Lost Empire Herbs products, such as the Phoenix Formula, Chili Jet Resin, Mushroom Tinctures, and more. And to do that, you can go to lostempireherbs.com slash justfly, and you can use the code JOEL15, again, for 15% off of your order. Head to Lost Empire Herbs today and start harnessing the power of nature in your supplementation. Yeah. I like, I like hearing those anecdotes because I think sometimes we're made to think that, like with the short foot, like this is the ultimate intrinsic foot activation exercise or something. But in reality, the simple thing, the single leg calf raise that everyone does, <laughs> it gives you that intrinsic foot already. It, it's kind of funny, like even this program, also a couple of things is one, I remember the first jump training program I ever did was something called Air Alert that when I was probably 14. And it's just like do like 50 squat jumps. It, it got up to absurdly high numbers. But the second exercise was just single leg calf raises on a stair. And I've I found that that was for, you know, for the, at least the first few phases of the program before it, the numbers got too high, it was really helpful. And, and uh, even I've seen research on ballet it was something like foot and ankle injuries in ballet dancers. And the number one test or a very simple test just to determine foot injury rates was, can you do 25 single leg heel raises? That was it. It's like just so simple, you know? But then you were saying with the, I, I love simple things that have just a very basic, simple tweak, like you said, elevating the toes. And now it's, you can manipulate that. And it makes me think, I have to put this in the show notes is Kadur Ziani, who is a French Algerian like basketball dunker like athlete. He and he was known for all sorts of interesting eccentric training and is really into the foot and like the elastic qualities of the body. And there was some I saw this somewhere. It was like a Ziani, I think it was a calf raise or something, or maybe it was a, like a single leg squat, but it was a calf raise on like a slant board, like with the toes in more dorsiflexion, or maybe it was some sort of single leg squat variation with the toes in more dorsiflexion, but. That guy is so intuitive. Like he feel, he's 
a guy who strikes me, I've never met him, but who really feels everything going through the foot. And so that's just such a simple, easy way to get, um, yeah, to get and, that activation. Ca- yeah, for sure. Sh- and if we compare airways and, and, and short foot, uh, everybody say that airways, it's much more functional. Uh, you know, because when you push in, when you push in the ground, you do a, a, a raise. It could be vertical, mediolateral, or horizontal. And so you 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 can have this this kind of exercise, manipulate the toes, and also at the reverse, if you put the toes in flexion, or if you don't uh, put the toe outside the floor. So, for example, you do a knee raises, but without you know, your tools on, on the on the floor. It's also, you will reduce also the force that you have to produce within the foot. So it's uh, greater to use this when maybe you have uh, pain during it raises for, for, for some. Uh, I really like this exercise because they say, okay, when I have my tools on the ground, uh, I have pain when I do it raises. And when I have, don't have my finger, on on the floor but i do it raises without you know interaction of, on the tools i don't have pain so yeah cool i can uh, walk on this calf without uh struggling with pain uh it raises so that's a good point and at the rev and uh, at the reverse as i said to you yeah when you increase the dorsiflexion uh you increase the, the force production within the foot so that's this kind of exercise. You can add uh, what also we work during these stages in the foot strength protocol is either electrical stimulation mm. during, uh, you know, uh, ill-rise protocol or just perform MTP joint flexion so max MTP joint flexion just before the elevation of the, of, of the hill. So you can manipulate this or just Four foot, I will say MVC action or four foot MVC plus it raises, and the the tools are really the I will say the the tools angulation are really the the target that that you can change during the exercise if you want to increase the role of the the might the might foot and four foot or if you want to decrease the role because of of pain or if you want really to target the calf. Uh, with without the foot, for example, you know. Yeah, you know, thinking about the dorsiflexion or the toes, the toes up um, calf work, it makes me think too. In all other exercises in the body, we encourage doing at least something with a full range of motion. So maybe you do spend some time doing half squats, but at least take the time to do a few deep squats and get the full range out of it, or a full range lunge, or whatever. And I don't think we think about the foot that way. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy not to. It's like, hey, just elevate the toes, and it's going to help you get that. It's like a deep squat for the foot kind of type thing. Yeah, totally. And uh, because um, the MTP joint uh, regulate also, you know, the strain in the plantar fascia mm-hmm. uh, and so on, and we know that the regulation of the strain within the foot on the plantar fascia it's also the contribution it's uh, i will say from from a decade ago uh, all of the credit was uh thanks to the wind last mechanism and since five years uh so the, the, the study of ferris and after ruin wealthy 
show that yeah, this stiffness regulation of the foot on on the plantar fascia it's much more active contribution yeah for from the extrinsic plexo and intrinsic and on, on the calf on, on, on this way so totally agree that the range of motion of the two and uh, as you said total amplitude uh 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 could uh, be also uh good for for the foot yeah for sure yeah i'll have to put um and i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit too but i've seen videos of you doing like calf work with that little toe ramp so i'll have to put something like that in the show notes along with the Kudrizziani exercises if i can find them <laughs> wherever they are it'll yeah. be interesting to and compare those i created also some uh, or include plate so when you have an include plate height uh i would say between 20 and 30 degrees that's that's pretty cool no, incline uh, plate Inkling plate, yes, yeah. I, yeah. At first, I sounded like inkling. I wasn't, I wasn't no, sure. That makes perfect class, sense. <laughs> That's my French no. accent. And uh, I create also um, a plate with a hole. Hmm. When I want just to do in raises, but with just the first ring. Oh, you know, only the big I, toe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Interesting. You can also create create this kind of plate when you want, you know, for, for some maybe um uh, i would say i have the i'm lucky here to have plantar pressure uh, measurement so i can really know how all the force is distributed below the foot mm-hmm. when you so it's on a treadmill instrumented treadmill so it's just linear i know it's just running but you can do also sprinting but that's cool but yeah. all the force <laughs> is distributed below the foot and I could see, uh, I could see some propulsion, you know, with the lateral part of the foot and not on the first ray. But that's what also I created this kind of plate in order to do some calf race with just a focus on the first ray force application. Because they don't have their toes touching the ground, that the, the, the two and the fifth, they have just the, the first on, on, on the plate. Um, so it's it's pretty hard exercise yeah for sure, but it's pretty good good yeah. good exercise in order to I say work on this pulsion on 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 the first ray on, on the big toe uh, that it's much more economic. It's uh, you can produce greatest force production uh, and it's better for 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 everything to mm-hmm. to have this what I say good good. Propulsion, um, I would say, um, good propulsion picture or good propulsion function, uh, yeah. pushing on the first toe. Yeah, the pr- or propulsion. Um, yeah, the, with the big toe, it is interesting. I, I'm trying to think back to even um, it was Kadir Ziani, and I want to say his big toe. There was a picture of his big toe where the nail was like the the toenail. Of the big toe was like getting like black or something because it was so far up in the shoe. Like it's almost like. I've seen this. I, I, there's a slow motion of uh, Geber Selassie, the marathon runner's foot coming yeah. down barefoot, and the big toe is cranked upward. And it's almost like these elite athletes can just, they're just always like that. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's just what my foot should be in space. And there was, I remember when I was back at UC Berkeley, um, I worked with track and I also worked with swimming and some other sports, but it was just funny because you would think swimmers would have the most flippery like feet and the good ones actually do like the good ones feet are so much like a flipper they're actually not fantastic for force production on the land um but we had one guy 
who was incredible at the short course swimming, which is more about the start in the walls than it is. I mean, yep. it, you have to swim, but it, having a good start and being powerful and a good jumper helps you in short course. And this guy was like 6'2", 6'3", or 190 meters tall, 190. And he could dunk a basketball 360. And, and he popped off the ground so easily. I remember the first time I saw him jump. I was like, is this guy a swimmer? Like, this is not right. Like this, and, and then I saw his shoe one day and in his, his shoe, he was busting out the big toe, like was busting out of the shoe. So his, his uh, big toe was just like flipping up in his shoe. And I was like, I've never seen a swimmer like this ever. This makes, you know, this is really interesting. And he said he went, he did a lot of jump roping when he was in like middle school, he became obsessed with it. Or <laughs> uh, It was just interesting to see that and make that correlation. So just back to the big toe, you're saying that like, you have a special ramp that uh, basically just doing like the calf raises and flexions with only the big toe elevated and the other toes sitting downwards, like the flush with the ground or whatever, like that's the, the mechanism you're talking about here. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, to, I would say avoid, um, but it could be the reverse, you know, it's when you do a heel raise, uh, it's, I would say avoid that some, finger touch uh, the ground or you know uh, so you have the, the the first round the plate and you have the hole the hole and so your your tooth and the fifth can touch the ground and can perform me mechanical tasks and you can do the reverse you can put your first round the hole and perform an ear raises with just your tooth and your fifth with your calf okay it's it's to you, you know you know what I mean? I can, I can um, send you some, some video after the, the yeah. podcast. But we'll put it in the show notes just for people. But, yeah, with, if things get lost in translation, I think the video is really helpful with that. Um, I was thinking like you were saying, like you could do a calf raise and have only your big toe on the ground and the other to uh, uh, toe fingers. I'm wiggling my fingers to the camera. The other toes are off or the big toe is off and the yeah. other are on. Yeah. Kind of like toe yoga, That's but the yeah. calf raise version, like the loaded version of toe yoga is kind of what you're saying mm, not maybe to yoga because uh, you know it's performing it raise without say that you have to extend it your yeah. because they are in the hole they can they they, they flex but but they don't interact with with the ground they, they yeah. i would say they flex in so that, that that's it okay got it yeah i think videos will clear that up for sure but if nothing else like I, I thinking about those toes being in the dorsiflex position, the long, the lengthened position in conjunction with the calf raise is a powerful visual. And then there's different iterations of that. Yeah. Um, so I do want to get into this. Uh, this was a big, like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think we'd get through all the questions, but that's a good thing. Um, so the big, uh, one of the big things I've seen you talk about that I think is really intriguing is the difference between the midfoot and the forefoot in um, athletic performance, locomotion. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about how you assess or the importance, maybe start with the importance of forefoot strength and midfoot strength and how those two things show up in athletic movement. And then we'll talk about how to strength train and assess them. Yep. Um, I, I, I think to store this, um, we have to understand what the foot, what is the foot muscle? So for me, there are three groups of foot muscles. There are the calf, because if you look at an anatomically, they have the insertion of the calcaneus, so it's bone of the foot. So the calf, it's the, 
first foot muscle. You have the extrinsic foot muscle, and after you have the intrinsic foot muscle. What we know is that the calf is the first motor and producer of the energy thing within the, the foot ankle complex. After you have the extrinsic foot muscle, and in this extrinsic foot muscle, you have what I call the might foot stabilizer. The might foot stabilizer have the tibialis posterior, tibialis interior. You have also uh, the long fibularis. This is the three muscle. And it's what I call uh, the absorbing, absorbing foot. Sorry. The absorbing, absorbing foot is uh, the capacity of the foot to absorb uh, force during, uh, I will say, explosive task or locomotion. So the first thing is to say, okay, the absorbing foot is this muscle tibialis anterior, tibialis posterior, so the two biggest. And after, if you look at the, the calf, it's the, the, the soleus, which are, I would say, the greatest uh, absorber in the, in the chunk. So we know uh, from, from this, I would say, um, clinical reasoning. After that, I say, okay, I'm, I will analytically evaluate this muscle. I would say I have, I'm also lucky enough to have also an isokinetic and L-dynamometer force platform and so on. So I would say that I are able to, uh, I would say analytically say, okay, your uh, tibialis anterior, uh, so it's dorsiflation um, strength testing, inversion strength testing for the tibialis posterior and after you have the, um, the assessment of the of the soleus and i'm i have and it's funny because in, in, i read an article um, this afternoon about bone stress injury in, in track and field athletes i remember one of my athletes that have a navicular issue navicular stress factor and when i evaluate this what I call absorbing foot, so their capacity to absorb the foot. It, it, it was funny be, be, because they are really, really uh, low, low level of soleus and tibialis anterior strength with an atrophy, and that for me was the first time that I saw an atrophy of the tibialis anterior. When she do, did a dorsiflexion of the ankle, you don't see, you know, the muscle bulbing on this tibia. Mm. And we talk about um, an international athlete, you know, that, 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 that train every day, that trains since it's five years, but since five years, she, she has some bone, bone, bone stress uh, reaction with, with uh, I would say, pain around the mite foot and so on. And it was funny to say, okay, uh, I know that from an absorption perspective, Within this foot, I know that the uh, ursoleus and, for example, antibiotic anterior are really the, 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 the target. So that's for the absorption pole. And after uh, we go to the propulsion, what I call the propulsion foot, or um, the, and we know that the propulsion, uh, um, it's uh, much more the, I would, Always the soleus, but much more the gastrocnemius. Mm. If you want to evaluate this, or yeah, car phrase as we uh, as we discussed with the knee extended position, and after the 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 empty pigeon strength, so the four foot strength, which is 
my uh, PhD topic. So the, the role of the function of the MTP strengths in force production. Mm. So that's the purpose in food. And we know how to evaluate the MTP joint strength. You can, yeah, for sure do it with an L dynamometer, but now with a force plate or the, the force frame also could, could be a good issue if you have uh, also this. But I would say a, a force dynamometer to evaluate the force uh, on the on the MTP joint to to pro produce some force, and you can evaluate also the and you have to evaluate so the calf uh, the gastrocnemius in the extended position. So this is the analytically way to assess the absorption qualities and the propulsion quality, and we know. The much more difficult it's how you can, uh, I will say, assess this outside this uh, analytic uh, way. I will say thanks to a force platform, you can have you know uh, have a good understanding or uh, the interaction of the foot and ankle on the ground. For example, if you do a pogo jump or ten five. Uh, vertical jump on the force platform, you can have a good understanding of the absorption and the propulsion, uh, I would say, capacity, but from a general uh, overall perspective. Um, I love slow motion. I love mm -hmm. seeing my uh, athletes run, cutting, and so on, uh, looking at how their foot move, of the of the foot move during granite direction, and I will say it's always subjective, but with experience, you know, maybe sometimes I, I see always the same thing. You know, we are all biased, but mm -hmm. with slow motion and, and video, you can say, okay, why well, when when he, he touched the ground, I, I, I see that there may be some energy uh, energy transfer that's not good or you have too much motion or when he's pushing. You know, you you have ex external rotation of the of, of of the foot that doesn't uh, allow him, you know, to propel on, on on the first ray and, and to 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 produce well and so on. So you can after, but much more in subjective and functional, I would say, way to assess this too. But the model now, um, what uh, what we are working uh, on is really yeah. Uh, absorption, propulsion, and after you have the stage of yeah, st stretch and certain circle, uh, the capacity you know to absorb and, and propulse uh, from a, uh, a cyclic perspective. So uh, that's yeah, the the, the three uh, concept, and you can add also uh, mobility. But another thing, if you just look at the Strengths, it's yeah, absorption, propulsion, and uh, after we know that reactive strengths of the foot ankle complex, it's it's pretty also important, and that's lead to uh, be able to I would say be be good at absorb force and also mm -hmm. propulse force. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You you mentioned the the muscles, the soleus and the gastrocnemius, and. Um, hopefully, I guess for people listening, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with those two muscle groups. But that soleus is the like the long, flat muscle that's kind of deep in the deeper in the calf and the gastrocnemius is like the diamond, the big two like diamond shaped muscles that are more prominent 
that I think more people think of when they think of training calves. But one thing I've, this is unofficial and I, I can't confirm this, but this is my hunch is that in watching track and field, I, it's like the high jumpers, like high jump was one of my main events. And it seems to me like the jumpers and the high jumpers have a little bit more soleus development and the sprinters are a little bit more, I mean, they have both, but the sprinters are a little bit more gastroc um, oriented because, and I guess it would make sense because the high jumpers have to absorb more, like they have to run in and absorb everything. And you see those soleus just light up in that absorbing phase. It's just like fanning out from the calf. And then... I mean, sprinters have to have good soleus. I mean, like Usain Bolt, if you see like mid-stride, he has good soleus, but it seems like on top of a good soleus for a sprinter, it seems like there is more gastroc a lot of times because it fits with just the constant propulsion. I'm, I'm not sure if, it, again, this is, someone should do a research on this and confirm or deny if this is correct or not. But to me, it makes, it's yeah, how I tie the correct. two a little bit. It's how I at least could observe jobs, you know, like here's the job of the soleus. It's absorbing this huge collision coming in that initial phase. And then here's the job of the gas truck. It's taking the energy and it's catapulting it into the Achilles as you push off and drive into the next step. And um, at least that's kind of the way I would see it in, in terms of looking at body types. And then maybe that would help understanding with, well, what are these doing in different phases of gait and, and walking or locomotion? No, but, but, but you're right. And that, that's pretty close <clears throat> which what the, the science say about these two muscles. Uh, the best article, it's the, the one of uh, Pandi uh, in 2021. And, and yeah, showing that in the lower limb during sprinting acceleration, we know that the soleus are the, I would say, the vertical support of the, of the chain, as you, as you mentioned. So they have the, the capacity, you know, to absorb and propulse force. Uh, much more in the vertical mm. uh, uh, orientation, so that's why the jumper or long uh, triple jumper uh, are, uh, as you say, you know, uh, an horizontal, mm. uh, horizontal orientation for sure of the of the run of the jump. But you know, uh, between each jump, have to absorb and restitute of the force uh, with the large uh, vertical uh, ground reaction forces. And for the for for the, for the gastrocnemius, it's much more um, horizontal. Yeah, uh, I will say uh, influences in the uh, force production. And yeah, when you are in upright posture, you know, in sprinting, we know that yeah, in upright sport uh, posture, uh, that's uh, lead to uh, increase the I will say the role of the foot ankle complex in upright. Uh, um, posture because you don't you don't, you have less flexion of the of the of the lower limb and you have uh, that this gastrocnemius have to yeah uh, do it this and you have the energy transfer from the knee to the gastrocnemius because they are biarticular you have the transfer between the rectus femoris and and the gastrocnemius to to have the this transfer in upright uh, stance way so yeah. I would say the research, it's pretty this, and it's what it's what you mentioned about, yeah, maybe jumper, much much more serious. Uh, I would say a, a focus on much more serious than the have a development of the solis. and for sprinter, it's much more gastrocnemius. But uh, yeah, but saying that, yeah. Uh, if 
you have a sprinter or if you have maybe a, a jumper, but you, you can say, that, okay, what is this absorption quality within the foot ankle complex? So I will maybe look at his solis, I will look at his tibialis anterior because we know that the dorsiflexors are fundamental in, uh, I would say, um, enhancing the role of the of the Achilles tendon, uh, the preposition of the ankle during the flight time and have a dorsiflexion, it's pretty fundamental, you know, to have this press, press uh, stretch, sorry, mm. of the Achilles before grand contact time to have this, yeah, cat catapult effect and so on. So yeah, uh, from a clinical reasoning, from jumper and, and his sport, we can say, okay, maybe much more absorption, so maybe we will, First walk on that, and, and and from from a rehab perspective, on even performance perspective, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. It makes me think I've seen research that shows that faster sprinting tends to be correlated with also having longer toes, and I think the thought is that in that late stance, it's more mechanically advantageous to have that, and yeah. maybe like what we were saying before, the dorsiflexion position, the long position, they can really in that late stance get more out of that and it makes me think too i wonder if that would fit it's with the, more gastrocnemius uh, development possibly even because you're also there it's even more power in the late stance there for the gastrocnemius too it yeah it's the question of the gear ratio you know uh, with the long toes you have uh, we say an, an increase of the uh, lever, um, lever arm uh, within the foot yeah. between the ankle joint rotation and the tools, so allowing you you to have, if you have the, I would say calf capacity to have a greatest uh, lever arm to to produce force on the ground. So, yeah, that's I think it was the study of uh, Japanese or ch Chinese. Mm. I remember this one of the the long tools and 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 so on. And uh, and that's the same for uh, footwear and uh, carbon plate. We know that carbon plate maybe increase the anteriorization of the force application. So allowing, I will say, have a greatest lever arm for, for the ankle, but it's it's just mechanic because if you don't have the calf, you don't have the calf, and you can have the greatest lever arm and carbon plate. Like you can have long, longer toe, I, don't, uh, I will say, don't uh, suck it. To propulse your, your your body in the in the right way so yeah 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 so with that let's get into we can wrap up with this for the show because i think it leads nicely into it is well strengthening the uh mid the late stance and the mid stance and you mentioned like the soleus and the gastrocnemius i'm sure people are familiar with the straight leg calf raises and bent knee calf raises and those kind of things um randy huntington sprint coach when he was on talked about Su Bing Chan and the, the, the Kaiser, the air-powered soleus trainer that he used with Su uh, to shore up weakness there. But I am curious, your approach to um, the, the training the midfoot for strength and training the forefoot late stance for strength for um, athletic performance. For the fourth, uh, for the fourth foot uh, first, um, the you, you can have a global exercise or MTP joint flexion uh, from a, an isometric way. Uh, as I told you, if you want to increase the the force within the, the forefoot, you have to have, I would say, 
yes, three conditions. Number one is uh, the dorsiflexion of the tooth, as we mentioned. Number two is that you can you have an anteriorization of the force of application. So uh, I'll say a forward lean that is pretty cool. And if you have a forward lean plus number three, this is body overloading, you, you really have a good, I will say, um, overloading of the, of the forefoot. So uh, imagine an uh, uh, exercise where you have to, to have a maximal MTP joints flexion uh, with body overloading and you have uh, this kind of forward, forward lean. That's in, uh, yeah, uh, have um, increased the anteriorization of the central pressure, and so increase the the loading of the of the forefoot. And if, as I told you, the first ray is the ray of the big producer of the rain within the foot, so you can have also um, exercise uh, dedicated to the the first ray. But the first ray, it's for some people, it could be very, very huge and very, very strong. So I don't believe in terabond for the first race strength. So putting a terabond under your yeah, big, yeah. big toe and so on, I don't believe in that. Um, so maybe I'm, I'm, you what we told before, we, you yeah. can erase it with the first ray focus, but also using like, um, uh, like a dancer, uh, dancer elevation of the first ray using for example uh, um, a reverse leg extension or use either have a, um, a load on, on on your knee and 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 just going on your first toe in the knee flex position in sitting position but have all the load on your knee like mm. uh, i would say the same exercise that you can do with the soleus for example but you have a an, uh, an elevation with with your toe with the first rep uh, that could be that could be also good, good exercise on a third exercise could be also um, an isometric it could be a feedback uh, uh, if you have it that could could be good also because pushing with the first ray and you can also uh, I will say uh, play on the tibia orientation so you can push with the first ray in isometric ray with the tibia in dorsiflexion mm. or you can uh, do it with uh, during the final plantar flexion so have an elevation of the heel on I will say a step and so on and pushing after on, on the first ray on an isometric way so yeah we'll see for the forefoot will be that the might foot if you want to work on the might foot as a propulsor uh, um, I think one of the greatest exercise is what we mentioned before so um, it raises with dorsiflexion because it's increased might foot uh, force production and uh, from an absorption and might foot stabilization um, I think that mm, the first Focus will be on uh, on the on tibialis anterior and tibialis posterior, but uh, from an analytic way. And I use uh, since yeah two two or three years ago now um, a shin ball 
uh, shin bites, uh, you can you put your anchor on your foot on on, on the sock, and you can put some uh, dumbbell uh, and some weight on the foot that create a novel novel loading. But you can do some dorsiflexion or inversion uh, in um, not in closed chain, in an open chain exercise. You yeah. Know? Yeah, like when you have the weights attached to your foot and you're doing like dorsiflexion or the, you know, people colloquially or commonly known as tib raises. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. yeah, it's funny that's gotten a bad rap because of the marketing in some ways, but I still use them. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 um, so you were saying for the midfoot, yeah, doing like the tibialis raises, would you do that as an act? When you want, yeah, what, yeah, one, uh, when your target it's to have a stabilization of the more foot and, in, in absorption focus yeah and when you are in much more might foot focus for for propulsion uh, it raises uh with the dorsiflexion on the tooth is good one and uh when you walk on this transition you know between uh i will say eccentric uh because the arch during stance have an eccentric so lengthenings and after recording shortening, but you have some kind of isometric between these two action within the might foot. And that's why I create, I created, I would say that uh, I, uh, during the, the lockdown and the COVID pandemic, uh, I was in the, in the garden of my, my parent and I just put, you know, um, a book on my forefoot and a put on my rear foot and do some postural balance task mm. and so on. And yeah, after just one minute, I say, whoa, <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty hard for, for, for the mindful because my, my, my body just between the, the, the two book and my post center of pressure within my foot, it's just, you know, um, un- unloading, but I have to be loaded by my, my foot. So that's what I, I call this exercise the foot bridge, hmm. which is putting a book on 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 the forefoot and putting a a book. Uh, it could be a book on or something else, but and have an unloading uh, might foot. So the might foot is not, I would say, not touch the ground at all. Mm-hmm. It's just the forefoot and the rear foot. And if you, yeah, have some kind of body overloading and uh, have a little bit of forward lean. Yeah, you have also some uh, great isometric uh, contraction of the mid foot, which is good also for the for the, the transition. That's the foot uh, encounter during stance phase, which is uh, I would say lengthening and recoiling, but you have a little bit of uh, isometric, uh, which is pretty short, but that uh, could be also good yeah. for for this part of the stance. For absorption, propulsion, and isometric in the, the middle, yeah. Yeah, so just to recap uh, quickly here, uh, the so absorbing, so midfoot and absorbing, you have the bridge, like you mentioned, where there's a block under the, the toes or the forefoot, there's a block under the heel, so it's like a bridge, um, and you'd hold that isometrically. Like, would you do load? Like, I think, like, could you add, like, a bar or, like, um, like pushing, pressing up or, or isometrics with that? Yeah, yeah, the... It's much more isolating exercise. Mm. Uh, so all the all the an isometric uh, loading, and what you want um, with your 
Well, you add it in in these exercises that uh, when that you can perch on the arch. Yeah, you can perch on on the arch on the exercise and say that they don't, you don't want that they deformed. You don't want yeah. that the the the, the mid foot and the navicular, you know, yeah. shut down. You want to be very strong and keep the the, the disposition. And you are all I will say the the center of pressure. It's right in the direct. On the mid foot, which is unloading, so that's pretty, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a good exercise. But um, but this is for yeah uh, absorption, and after you have the analytic way to work on the absorber, uh, so solis, tibialis anteriors, and and tibialis posterior. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to yeah just to look at what job what muscles are doing based off of the phase and the the phase of support. Uh, I did just to summarize to the forefoot, the um, like the calf raises or the heel raises with dorsiflexion. You said that was more for the forefoot training. And I was even thinking about uh, the last thing I guess I'll just ask you uh, instead of me trying to summarize it, just we have a few minutes left is like plyometric implications. Like I think about like even hill sprinting, sprinting up a hill, you naturally have the hill that's going to give more of a dorsiflexion of the toes impulse. Um, you also see people training on like slant boards or things like that, uh, plyometrics on slant boards. Uh, any thoughts with anything that's more dynamic in nature? Yeah, I love, um, and we only talk about max springs, but yeah, in terms of reactive strength, we know that the, the force within the foot is in 3D and I really like, you know, plyometrics and, uh, uh, as you say, on, on different surfaces of incline, inclined yeah, <laughs> plate, yeah. um, inclined plate, yeah. uh, because if you want to target much more the, the pronation of the, the supination of the invasion of the inversion, uh, that's pretty a good way to to to, to work on so the the plyometric and reactive strength of the foot in much more 3D. Mm. And yeah, for sure the dorsiflexion of the of the foot during this uh exercise. So increasing the dorsiflexion when you touch inclined plane, for example, that's uh pretty good also for the for the foot foot function for sure. So um yeah um that's yeah that's that's all that we can say so for mm. for yeah uh in closing here uh roman do you just want to i think you mentioned your phd research um and yeah. do you want to just mention anything anything about that or anything else you want to share with yeah. what's going on and then we'll uh, finish our chat for today so my phd title is uh, the role of the might foot strengths in propulsion kinetics in explosive tasks so uh, sprinting cutting and jumping so my PhD was separated in three parts. The first part was to create uh, a neogrometer uh, able to evaluate for foot strength. So that was the first part that we created in uh, in Saint Etienne with JB Marine. The second part was uh, a much more cross-sectional study, where in elite athletes in five different sports, so track and field, rugby, soccer, handball, basketball, uh, we wanted to know. Uh, if athletes that have much more or greater forefoot strength have a different 
force production capacity on the ground during uh, explosive tasks. And what we found, and it's um, an article in submission now, what we found is that the greatest link between forefoot strength and kinetics was during uh, maximal speed. Mm, and we found that uh, the, asso the association of forefoot strength and reactive strength, which was the ability of, of pogo, so the RAC reactive strength adrect during the, the pogo jump, if you have these three, these two, uh, I will say, uh, quality, you will have uh, what we show that we have a, a relation with the capacity to produce uh, force in a vertical production at, at Vmax in a less amount of time, so in less contact time. So the uh, capacity, you know, to have a greatest force application in less amount of time in maximum speed. So that I would say that was pretty cool. I would say pretty cool because it's like we, you know, a coach, track and field athlete, even you, even many, I would say, uh, expert on the field say that, yeah, the, the, the foot, if the foot and ankle, but the forefoot, it could be very, very important at max speed, you know, in a, and so on. So it was pretty fun to, to discover this. And the last spot was a um, randomized control trial with four foot. Uh, strengthening, uh, and uh, so we have and the third wave of inclusion, and what we found now, so that yeah, uh, increase the forefoot strength, could enhancing the overall performance. In some performance, so what we found now, it's much more in cutting and much more in horizontal jumping, and the reason. For this improvement, if we look at the ground reaction forces, it's uh, so in cutting, it's uh, because they have a much greatest ratio of force, so the not greatest force production, but a greatest uh, transmission of force, so the ability to have much more mediolateral, I will say, a ratio of force during cutting, so after foot strength strengthening. And for the um, for the horizontal jumping, it's uh, it's the, it's much more in relation to the impulse, the horizontal impulse that they can create during jump. Because if you look at the the forefoot, if it you have greatest forefoot strength, you can have greatest body forward lean, so you can have a greatest takeoff angle of your body. So that's a, a hypothesis or explanation of what we found. So that's that's this, and if we come back to uh, max speed, we also saw some improvement of vertical force production at Vmax after after four foot strength. Mm. So that's what we currently found. So that's pretty cool because uh, I would say that uh, the idea of this PhD was to say, okay, if you just focus on the four foot. On a strong perspective and and uh, enhancing the first race strengths and the forefoot strengths and the empty pigeon strengths, uh, what uh, is ch changing or what we changed the most from a force production perspective? And we found that uh, yeah, it's not in every task. You have some uh, much more responder in some task and and not uh, for some uh, other task and so on. 
So yeah, cutting, horizontal jumping, and Vmax. That's 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 what. Yeah, uh, we will. Um, I would say demonstrate here in, in the future. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a whole another conversation once the research is out, and it's got a lot of really cool implications. So, um, but thanks for sharing that. I know we're just about out of time here, but Roman, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great talking to you, and again, a topic that I absolutely love getting into with the foot. So, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Joel. What's a, a pleasure, and if you want uh, another podcast and, and something else, don't hesitate. Thanks, man. That finishes another podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week.